0: Seriously, what is going on? All day where today, I'm looking at my phone and I just keep seeing all these notifications. Everything's canceling. Last night, NBA canceled their season or postponed it. NCAA said, hey, we're still going to play the tournament games. There's just going to be no fans. It's only going to be the media, coaches, and players. Then fast forward to today, which is Thursday, And MLB postpones their season. NHL postpones their season. The NCAA men's and women's tournament canceled. Schools, colleges, all across the nation, especially in Chicago, those are the ones that I pay attention to, and SIU, which I'm an alum of, are only doing online classes. Classes in session, in the classroom, are suspended, canceled. If you lived in the dorms, you have to move. You cannot be there anymore. I saw a couple kids are like, I am crying. I have a week to move my stuff out of school. Freshmen, usually it's freshmen that are in the dorms. Cut short, that experience, that time of their life is going to be forever remembered by this coronavirus. I never thought that I would be afraid of a corona. And I'm betting 99.9% of the world would say the same thing. But this coronavirus thing is very serious. I obviously am not a scientist. I am not a doctor. I do not know what exactly it is. I know it's the flu or worse than the flu. And I see all these things going on about, you know, the flu kills this many thousands of people each year. And this coronavirus has killed like 35 in in the United States. So from what I have read this week, I read it yesterday. I read it last night at like seven o'clock. It came out at like three or four. The story. From CBS.com said, there's 1,000 cases in the United States and 32 lives have been taken. That was times 8, at least the 1,000 infected. I do not know about the deaths. But that was times 8 from the week before. Everybody's like, oh, it's just a 1,000 people. But that was just in a week. Times 8 in a week. So what happens next week? Times 8? We're talking 8,000. And so on and so on and so on. I'm not a math major and I don't want to look stupid by keep trying to multiply here but what I'm saying is if it does not stop if there's no precautions to take to slow it down or to not get more people affected it could be really 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 bad really fast and I know we're cracking memes and we're cracking jokes and oh it's just it's a coronavirus it's named after a beer, which I wish it had a different name so people might think it's a little more serious but all I'm saying is we need to be healthy I'm not trying to be an extremist not by any means. Not even a week. Two days ago, three days ago, I was kind of joking around about it too. Like, hey, you're going to catch the corona, even if you're just coughing. Or my nieces and nephews went outside without a jacket. I'm like, you're going to catch the corona, you better put it on, just playing around. Well, that's, that's over. I mean, our life is being put on lockdown. Kids are not allowed to go to college classes. Middle schools, stuff like that, are probably next. I work at a bank. I don't know if I'm going to go to work tomorrow. I might get a text or a phone call saying, hey, you can't go to work. Or if I do go to work, I might have to have a hazmat suit on or a mask. Everybody at my job was lysoling their desk, spraying chairs, all kinds of stuff today. We put up our candy so nobody would touch and spread germs and stuff like that in the candy jars. That's how serious this is. All the professional leagues, soccer baseball basketball the football season (laughs) they're already talking about no meetings with the owners and stuff like that they're already pushing off meetings for the nfl does the draft get pushed back have no idea what is going to happen and it's a scary time i'm not saying freak out i'm not saying get all nuts but it's serious very very serious and we should be taking precautions i see everybody's like hey they're overreacting not everybody but i see people hey they're overreacting I don't know if it is overreacting. I really don't. I mean, in that same story that I read on CBS.com, 4,300 people have died from this. Sure, they're not in the United States, not all of them. But if it got to that level, to that seriousness, somewhere else, 800 people died in Italy. There's local towns around me that aren't even 800. Or in the town that I live in, Mendota 7,000, take out 800, I mean, that's, that's not a small percentage. Not at all. So, I don't think there's super crazy overreactions. Do I think we should still try to live our life? Yes, no doubt. Is it going to be hard or like damper? Yeah, and it kind of should be. We want to, you know, take precaution with our life too and want to make sure that in a month or three weeks or two weeks or whatever when this thing has gone away, hopefully it goes away. We don't know if it will. We don't know if it's stuck here. We don't know if it's going to stay in the air forever we have no idea we do not know the lasting side effects we don't know if this is going to cause long-term effects that will affect us for the rest of our lives we have no idea so am i mad that things are getting canceled not at all totally disappointed i'm a sports fan i do a podcast i talk about sports every day of my life all day am i disappointed of course i want to see the NCAA tournament just as much as anybody else. I wanna watch NBA basketball games every single night, like I always do, or at least follow them on my phone, or on the computer, of course I wanna do that. But do I want everybody to be healthy and not see lives taken from a disease, or a virus, sorry, not a disease, a virus that kinda came out of nowhere? I guess it started January 21st was the date that I saw. So January 21st to March 12th, and look at the damage it's already caused. So am I okay with taking precautions? Yes. There's car accidents that happen all the time, but we also wear a seatbelt to try to prevent serious damage. So using hand sanitizer, washing your hands, things like that, especially after using the restroom or eating or coughing or sneezing or any of that stuff. I feel like it's wearing a seatbelt, about the same thing. We're taking precautions to make sure things don't Harmless for a very long time or fatally. I don't think that's a big deal However, I did go to CVS to make some photos over the weekend I was a videographer and a photographer for Holy Cross school that had a fashion show of local Designers and local clothes stores and things of that nature and it was a lot of fun. I had a blast So today I made a CD and as I'm at CVS I turn around there are carts full of toilet paper Full of Lysol, full of sanitizer, all kinds of stuff, the wipes, everything. Again, I don't know if it's going too far. I don't know what going too far is when we're talking about preserving our lives, preserving our livelihoods, preserving the way of life that we've got comfortable having it. All these things are closing. Schools, games, sports leagues, parades. The St. Patrick's Day parades all over the country are shut down. I don't know if that's an overreaction or trying to preserve lives. I'm going to go with preserve lives because I want to stay healthy. I want to stay alive. Hopefully it dies down. Hopefully they create a cure. Hopefully if it's airborne or things like that, it airborns its way gone. And that would be awesome for all of us. But I don't think it's a problem to kind of freak out for the governing bodies and the heads of associations, because they have to worry about their people, too. If the bank was to call me today and say, hey, Braden, you're not coming to work tomorrow, nobody is, because of the coronavirus, I'm not going to get mad. I have customers at my desk every single day. Today was the first time in my life I was ever worried about being around people. I've also heard, just like all of you have heard, the things about, oh, this has got to be the government, the politics, because, you know, it's an election year. And at first, I kind of believed it. I'm like, yeah, I could see them throwing a wrench in like, hey, somebody's going to be the savior. And we're going to vote for that person. And then everything's going to go away. But to this magnitude, I really don't know. The NCAA tournament is, to me, I, I haven't looked up numbers. So this is just in my opinion, is the second biggest moneymaker for sports a uh, full calendar year. Right after the Super Bowl. I think it probably makes more money than the World Series. I think it probably makes more money than the NBA Finals. I don't know for sure. I might be wrong. But they're in many different locations. They start off with 78 teams. You have all those fan bases wanting to go support their team. Different jerseys and merchandise items of all different kinds of teams, all over the place. The Super Bowls, too. If you add the playoffs, sure you got more. You don't have 78 and you don't have college kids that don't care about anything except their college sports or their parents or older people like me. If I was still around Carbondale, I mean, I'm rocking the SIU hoodie right now. If SIU was in the sweet 16 or elite eight, I'm gonna try to go, I'm not gonna lie. Or I'm at least gonna buy a shirt or a hat to support them. So we're talking about millions upon millions of dollars lost. And at first, before everybody else started canceling their seasons and then NCAA followed suit, they just didn't want fans there. They were still going to have media, coaches, players in the gym and play games without the fans. So you're going to lose tons of money, but still play the games. I don't think you set that up if you're trying to fool people into voting for somebody. I don't think it was a hoax. I really don't. Again, I'm not an extremist, but I do think this is serious. Sure, we're only at 1,000, and it might have expanded from that now. I haven't looked at any other reports except last night. But if it's times eight in a week, I mean, that can continuously happen. Do I think our government should have stepped up from the get-go when we heard it was overseas and that people were getting sick and they had already named it this virus and we're all over here making jokes about it? and thinking it's hilarious. Well, if you still have airports open, you still have transfer routes in and out of the country, you're around millions of people, especially if you're in New York, China, go to one of those places and go back to the other and somebody's sick or has attracted that disease. Sorry, again, I said disease, virus. Somebody attracts that virus, it's only natural that it's going to pass to somebody else in those kind of environments. It's only natural. I mean, somebody could have went to China and then flew into Chicago. They live in the Illinois Valley. They could have gave it to five, six, seven people, 10 people, 20 people in the process. You have no idea how fast it could spread or exactly how. They said if you touch a desk or an inanimate object and somebody else touches it and then touches their eye or a wound or anything like that, they can get it that easy so yeah i'm not freaking out but do i think it's serious and that we should all take precaution yes i definitely do so i guess we're not going to talk about national sports for a little bit except this coronavirus i mean espn pages full of just nothing but the coronavirus there is nothing else no trade talks no nothing else i looked earlier fox sports same way it is just crazy nothing but stuff about the coronavirus also, the IHSA has suspended or canceled, hopefully not canceled, the state basketball tournaments for boys basketball. Girls had already finished up. Boys 1A and 2A was is this weekend or was this weekend. And 3A and 4A the following weekend. And those have been postponed. So pretty much sports, life, everything is on lockdown, pretty much. And I know I would say sports and then life, Sports is my life. Sports is the life of a lot of people I know and I talk to on a regular basis. So that's why I say it that way. But, like I said, schools are shut down. Other things are being shut down. I mean, I see people buying a lot of food and stuff because they're worried stores are going to be shut down. Who knows what can happen? It is very, very, very insane. I think that is enough about the coronavirus. Just wash your hands. Be sanitary. I mean, we're all supposed to be sanitary on a daily basis for the duration of our lives hopefully that's you hopefully you continue to do that and if you haven't before please take care of yourself not even for yourself for your kids for your mom for your dad for everybody around you please just take care of yourself so you can take care of everybody else as well in the process all right that's enough corona i might have to go pop a corona right now I'm just kidding i'm not doing that (laughs) All right, some things I wanted to mention. First of all, my name is Brandon LaChance. I know I'm about 15, 16 minutes in and just now stating my name, but the coronavirus is very serious, so I made it the first and foremost of this episode of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. This is number 58. Again, I am Brandon LaChance, your host. Thank you, Brian Cavelli, for the intro and outro track to this podcast and every other single show that has been associated with Edge of Your Seat, most definitely. Don't know where you heard this one, but if you want to share, want to tell everybody else, or you want to go to a different outlet to listen to Edge of Your Seat Podcast, check us out on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, and Google Music. If you have any concerns, questions, suggestions, sponsorship money, that would be awesome, anything, Anything on your wildest dreams, you can shoot us an email at edgeofyourcpodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com. Also, social media, you can follow us at Edge of Your on Facebook and then on Twitter. It's Edge of Your C P. On this show, we have Fieldcrest girls basketball coach Mitch Neely and senior Hannah Baker. I spoke to them probably about two weeks ago. Sorry, a little slow on the interviews here because first I got sick. I had an inflamed organ and then if you listen to episode 57, a close friend passed away. So kind of pushed episodes here and there. I did like two last week. Hopefully I get to four this week. I will make it more normal after this. I apologize if you've been wanting to listen to Edge of Your Sea podcast and there just hasn't been one there. I apologize, they are coming most definitely. So, I want to give shout outs to Saint Bede sophomore Paul Hart was named honorable mention for the class 1A state team. And Jackson Kusak McKay from Fieldcrest, he is a junior there, was named honorable mention to the 2A team. I just said Paul Hart. His sister Hannah Hart, both of them were on previous episodes of Edge of Your podcast. Hannah was named to the third team for the Illinois Basketball Coaches Association, and she was also an honorable mention for the Associated Press All-State team. Congratulations to all three of them. I know them all personally, all great athletes, all great kids. That is fantastic for all three of them. Hannah definitely deserved that honor, no doubt. Hannah's senior year with the Lady Red Devils saw her score 18.5 points a game, Grabbed 10.6 rebounds a game, dished 1.7 assists a game, and she was just everywhere. Defensively, 2.2 steals per game, 2.1 blocks per game. She had 21 double-doubles, and she was number 9 in 2A girls basketball with 246 free throws. She put in work. Definitely deserves the All-State nods. Congratulations, Hannah. While we're talking about girls' basketball nods, LaSalle, Peru, Lady Cavaliers had some Interstate 8 all-conference selections, including Senior Rhiannon Skoog, who was on this podcast, and freshman Brooklyn Fisick. They were both on the first team. So what they do is they pick 10 people to be on the first team, and then they have honorable mentions. So Skoog and Fisick were on the first team, And Brooklyn was the only one that was not unanimous. So they went through everybody else and Brooklyn was their first choice to be on that first team. So congratulations to her. That means Rhiannon was unanimous. She definitely deserved it. Scoring 13.7 points a game, grabbing 7.5 rebounds and even had 1.2 assists per game. So she put in the work as well. Had good numbers. Both Rhiannon and Brooklyn deserved that. But they were not left alone. They had another Lady cab join them, as junior Lauren Klein was an honorable mention. Also on the Interstate 18, a unanimous selection for Ottawa was Regan O'Fallon. So congratulations to her as well. She averaged 11 points and 10 rebounds a game. Pretty crazy stats for them. While we're giving shoutouts, gotta keep them rolling. St. Beat's senior Cassidy Brady, who was also on this show was named honorable mention to the IHSA Academic All-State Team. She racked it up in different ways. Maybe not on the basketball court, she had a good season as well. But talk about this, 3.5 GPA, only something I would dream of. (laughs) Wow, I think I'm intelligent, but I couldn't get a 3.5 GPA on my best day, no way. You had to play in at least two sports, and she's a volleyball, basketball, and softball player. And she had to demonstrate outstanding citizenship, which I know she did on the court, in the locker room. And she was very, very, very cool when she talked to us for the podcast. And also got to give big ups to Hall Jr. Trez Rabarchik. He had made it to the three-point shooting contest at state. Again, it's been postponed, so I don't know if and when he will get to shoot, but he was a qualifier and that can never be taken away from them. So big ups to Trez. All of the people that I just mentioned, great seasons, they're seniors, great careers. It is awesome to be able to follow them and know what they were doing because they all did great things. Pretty fantastic if you ask me. And since the boys' day tournament is postponed, I'll catch us up to where we're at right now. I mean, there's should be games going on soon, but they're not. It's kind of tough, but here we go. And girls, if you don't remember, Eastland was the 1A champ. Pleasant Plains was the 2A champ. In 3A, Chicago, Simeon edged Morton, 45-44. to 44. Morton, of course, was the number one seed in the subsectional that LaSalle, Peru was in. And Morton was a favorite. I don't know if they were you know, picked like, hey, they're going to be a champion. But they were picked to go pretty far. Well, they got to the 3A championship game against Simeon. And when I talked to Hollis Vickery a couple episodes ago, who is the LaSalle Peru girls basketball coach, he had said out of the last five years, all five of those championship teams had come from their subsectional. Well, they didn't win the championship, but the sixth one made it to the last game of the year. So pretty crazy, great stuff for 3A girls basketball. Definitely tough for the Lady Cavaliers, and we talked all about that. Super crazy tough. In 4A, Frem from Palestine defeated Lincoln Way West 58-47 to for the 4A title. Pretty awesome. I mean, if you win the 4A title, I feel like that means you are the best team in the state. Because 3A, 2A, 1A teams probably aren't matching up to you. Okay, they're not going to match up to you. And to win by 11 points in 4A the title game, I feel like that means you are the best team in the state. So congratulations to all the players and everybody in Palatine, I know they had to be super pumped up about that championship win. So for boys, I definitely wanted to give more shout outs. Indian Creek finished their season 35-1. and They lost a class 1A super sectional and Fieldcrest finished 27-7. and They lost a 2A super sectional. Indian Creek lost to Aurora Christian, 70-43. This means Aurora Christian is moving on to play Madison, and then Goreville is against Roanoke Benson. Those are the final four teams. And Aurora Christian, Madison, Goreville, and Roanoke Benson. Again, don't know when they'll play or if they will play, but they are the final four teams in 1A. In 2A, Fieldcrest, like I said, they fell to Timothy Christian, 59-43. When they play, if they play. Timothy Christian is supposed to meet Sacred Heart Griffin. And Chicago Orr is going to face Matter Day. I think that's how you say it. Out of Breeze. And 3A and 4A are in the sectional final round. So they are in the Sweet 16 to see who can get to the state championship series. I don't know if any of that's going to be played. None of us do. I have seen other posts stating that Illinois Governor... JB Pritzker, wants to suspend sports in Chicago until May 1st, Till May 1st, so if that happens I can see that trickling down to high school and junior high and everything else, so sports could be on a very long delay, and that's all I'm gonna say about it, it's sad for everybody, and even if you're not a sports fan, just knowing that your life is altered from a virus that could have been prevented a little better, but it is what it is, and we'll go about it how we go about it. Just make sure that you're healthy. That's all you can do. But again, it's very important because I keep mentioning it. <laughs> I don't mean to, but man, it is filled everywhere. Social media, water cooler talk, wherever you go. I mean, you're talking about the coronavirus. I mean, it's it's hard not to. It is going to be remembered forever. This is going to be a symbol, maybe not a symbol of our lifetimes, but at least the beginning of the 2020s. Like, how did it start? Well, it started with the coronavirus. That's the stigma. That is going to be the label of the 2020s. Insane. But that's what it is. Well, I think that is all I have for you personally in the intro. No more corona talk. Want to get with Mitch Neely, Fieldcrest girls basketball coach, and Hannah Baker, a senior from Fieldcrest. Hannah helped the Knights get to a sectional semifinal. That's where they ended their season. Again, great season for the Knights. But Hannah averaged 9.3 points, 3.7 rebounds, and 1.4 assists per game for Fieldcrest to help them get through the season. Pretty awesome job from Hannah. Both great chit-chats, both great people to talk to for this podcast if you ever get a chance to meet them in real life, definitely stop and talk to them. Mitch is one of the coolest guys I know. I've known him for quite a few years now. And Hannah, talked to her a couple of times outside of the podcast. Always a good time to visit with her. So, thank you for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Like I said, stay safe. Please wash your hands. Stay away from shaking hands and doing fist bumps and all that stuff for now. Keep your hands out of your eyes, out of your mouth, out of your nose. Wash them. Hand sanitize. Whatever you gotta do as often as possible. Just stay safe. That's all that we want to happen. Much love for checking out Edge of Your Sea Podcast. We will be back soon. Almost said shortly. But it'll be soon. Soon. Very soon. I got some interviews and some great shit chats I want to get to you. So we will definitely do that. Until next time. Peace season of basketball or any sport is pretty awesome. There's definitely times where it's not awesome. There always has to be a loser for each game. There's only one winning team at the end of the season, especially in high school sports. Even though we're divided in classes, so not every team is playing everybody, there's still a ton of schools, and only one of them wins. Unfortunately, Fieldcrest Lady Knights basketball team was knocked out of the Class 2A Wilmington Regional by Joliet Catholic in overtime fashion. But even though that's how the season ended, I was following Fieldcrest. Every single game, almost every single point, if it was on Twitter, I was watching them like a hawk because of how awesome their season was. And I am thankfully, I'm very thankful that you're on my show, Hannah Baker.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Definitely. I've wanted to have Fieldcrest on here, but you guys were doing so well. I was like, if I talk to somebody, I don't want to be the jinx. Yeah,
1: yeah, I get that.
0: So I waited for the season to be over and we'll start right there. Let's talk about that regional semi final. Julia Catholic, you go into overtime. Just talk about that game.
1: Yeah, definitely I was that was probably the game I was the most excited for all season long. There's just so much work that's been put into it. I mean We made it to that game last year, and we lost. And one of our really big goals was we wanted to get past that game. And unfortunately, that didn't happen. And after it was over, it sucked. It really did. But I was so thankful that I had made so much history with my team already. And those memories, you just can't replace with anything.
0: Yeah, and you talk about last year's team. So last year's team won the first regional in Fieldcrest history, which I believe the school's been around since, like, 92?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing i will never forget that day ever i mean i just can't even i mean we've never even had a banner up in the gym for all the sports accomplishments and we finally got one up there for regional championships and then we did that again this year and we also put another banner up this year for conference championships and it's just been really awesome to be a part of those two historic seasons the past two years
0: do you have a favorite? Which was cooler? You have to pick one. Actually, I'm going to make you pick one. I'm going to tell you why I think they're both important. So, obviously, it's the first ever, and that is extreme milestone. But at the same time, winning a second one in high school sports, back-to-back, is very, very difficult because your lineup roster is always switching. The game is always different, different dynamics. So, would you pick the trailblazer we did something nobody else has done or the second one where hey we were good enough to bring a team back to do it a second time
1: As fun as it was to do it a second time as a senior and with all my friends by my side, I have to say that first regional championship victory, it was amazing. I mean, the community was there with a great atmosphere. I mean, after we won that game, because it was so close, we were neck and neck the whole game and like the very last minute of the game, I actually got and won and made the free throw and that's what put us up. And then they were in bonus, and they fouled us, and we were at the line, and we won. And there was just—I have to pick that first regional game from last year, because that feeling will never go away. I mean, I'll remember that moment for the rest of my life. It was just so cool.
0: That was a pretty dynamic moment. And I remember—I wasn't there at the game, but I remember—used to work for a local newspaper. And I remember talking to the guy that was there, and he's like, man, that was one of the craziest endings of a game that I've ever been to.
1: Yeah, it was. I mean— I just feel like at that point in time in a game, most people are like, well, that's it. It's over. Like, there's less than a minute left. They're not going to be able to come back. And we did. I mean, it was just the greatest feeling ever.
0: So being a junior for the first one, a senior for the second one, you're going out on top of the world right here.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Let's just talk about the season. You guys went 28-5. and five
1: right
0: correct so you go 28 and 5 the heart of illinois conference is tough any year i mean there's always three four really good teams in there top of the conference is usually stacked it's hard to win the heart of illinois conference championship which you guys were able to do you mentioned that before congrats mm-hmm. on that as well thank you Let's just kind of talk about playing for field crest and being in that kind of conference and being in that kind of competition game after game year after year and what it for you guys to get to the level of success that you had this year and last year?
1: Yeah, definitely. We always talk about the conference we're in. I mean, Coach Neely always says it's one of the toughest conferences and I mean, we definitely see that through the teams we play. I mean, there's at least four or five really good teams that we know every time we play them we are going to be right next to each other the whole game, back and forth. It's going to be tough. It's going to be physical. People are going to bump and get bruised, but That's kind of what makes the game of basketball the game of basketball. I mean, you know it's going to be tough, but that's kind of what gives it its, like, spark. And that's one thing for me that's really fun because, I mean, girls' basketball is a tough sport to play. And we always know going up against those conference teams that are really good, we have to bring our best effort. We really try and prepare for them the day before at practice. And it's definitely been really fun playing those teams. They are really good teams, and I think I'm definitely going to miss that competition now that I'm done with basketball because I mean every time we'd play Eureka that was one team that's one of our big rivals we always like playing them because it's always a tough game and we like the games that keep everybody on their feet the whole time so
0: yeah Eureka stacked I think I've seen them probably like the last three or four years at the uh, Lady Bruin Christmas Classic
1: right which we played them in the championship there and unfortunately fell so short
0: That's all right. They'll get them next time. Yeah. Being a senior, obviously you have teammates that you've played basketball with for quite a few seasons. What are your feelings towards those players and the bonds, kind of sister-like mentality that it comes after you've been together for so long?
1: Oh, definitely. Those seniors that I play with, they're my best friends on and off the court. We do everything together. I was actually just with them tonight. I mean, we've been playing together for so long. I think the bond that we've created really shows through on the court. And we all realize that the successes we had, we couldn't have done it without each other. I mean, we're always there for each other emotionally, physically in basketball. And that's something that you need to have a good team. It's not just about talent, but it's about the bond that you create with your teammates and your friends. And those girls have been around forever. And I just really think that When you watch us, you can tell that we've always been playing together, and that's something that's a big key in success. And they mean everything to me, and I know that when we all go away for college, it's going to be rough because we've all formed that close relationship with each other.
0: Besides yourself, who are some of the other top seniors, top players for your team that maybe people don't know their names?
1: There's Nevada Park. She's a senior. Alex Carls, also a senior. Zeta Baker is a senior, and then Ella Goodrich is a sophomore, and Sam Vasquez is a junior, and Ashlyn May is a freshman. And those are pretty much our main players throughout the game.
0: Ashlyn May did something pretty impressive at the three-point contest, didn't she?
1: Yeah, we're definitely really proud of her. She's going to state for the three-point contest, so we're definitely going to be cheering her on.
0: With her being able to do something like that, obviously you're a senior you're going to be leaving the program now is it cool to see somebody like Ashlyn or other players that you might have seen that you know you can pass the torch to that are going to be able to keep the Lady Knights program at good standings
1: definitely I really hope to come back in the next few years and watch uh, the team play and see how they've developed and grown and I think that there's a lot of young girls on the team who can really step up and become leaders if they put the work into it. And Ashlyn and Ella Goodrich both are one of the really good ones who I see having a very bright future on the team that played with us a lot this year. And we're definitely very proud of Ashlyn for making it to state in the three-point contest, and we hope she does well. And we're very excited. I know us seniors have talked about it coming back next year and watching the team play and just kind of reconnecting with our old underclassmen teammates and seeing our coaches again.
0: That's always a good idea. Yeah. Were you a three-point shooter, or what was the strengths of your game?
1: I was kind of, I played post my freshman and sophomore year, and then my junior and senior year I ended up being a post and a guard, so I had to know almost every position on the court. I was kind of a mid-range game shooter, but I didn't really shoot too many threes when I had to, I did. But I made it in the three-point contest this year. Me, Alex, Carl's, Ella Goodrich, and Ashlyn shot at regionals, and Ashlyn is the only one that made it, and we're proud of her for that. But I think my strength definitely came from um, mid-range shooting. That was probably what I was best at, I'd say.
0: And that's a lost art of the game of basketball. So you saying that you do that best, like that's your strength, that makes me happy as a basketball fan.
1: Good, yeah. We definitely work on it in practice, and I think that's something I really bring to the team. Well, at least I like to think so.
0: I'm sure everybody does. <laughs> coach Mitch Neely, I've known him for quite a long time, been covering field Crest sports for almost a decade. Don't ask my age. I am old. <laughs> <laughs> as a senior, you, you've had him as a coach for four years. What are some things... About Neely, whether it's characteristic traits or, you know, his knowledge for basketball, what are some things about Mitch Neely that make him a successful coach and make him the first head coach of Fieldcrest girls basketball to have a regional championship and now too?
1: When I came in high school my freshman year, you can automatically tell Coach Neely's passion for the game. I mean, he really knows what he's talking about basketball. I would almost argue that he's probably one of the toughest coaches I've seen, I mean, he is hard on us. He expects so much from us, but at the end of the day, we realize it's because he wants the best for us and he really does care about us on and off the court. I mean, he always likes to preach life lessons at practice, not just for basketball, but just for life in general. And he does care about each one of us. And you can really tell he has a good basketball IQ. He's very intelligent on the game. He played in college And he knows what he's doing. He knows every girl's strength and weaknesses. And I definitely think that at first it might have been kind of difficult for him switching to a girl's sport coaching. But from having him as freshman year to senior year, as the years have gone on, he has definitely improved with handling girls. Because Lord knows that we can be difficult sometimes. I mean, it's not always easy to coach a girl's sport, but... From my freshman year to my senior year, he's definitely improved and done better understanding us. And I'm very thankful that he was my coach these past four years of high school because I know that if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have been able to reach all the goals I have and our team wouldn't be successful because he's just really pushed us to do our best. And we couldn't have done it without him.
0: During your time at Fieldcrest, you have played basketball for four years. You let me know before we got on the podcast that you did volleyball for two. Obviously, basketball is your love for a sport. What is it about the game that has made you like that's all you wanted to play? That's all you wanted to do. And it's a huge part of your life.
1: Basketball is kind of like when you're in high school, it's kind of like a year round sport. You always kind of put your heart into it. We do games in the summer. We go to the weight room over the summer. This past summer, we went to the Wisconsin Dells basketball tournament. So we definitely put a lot of effort to it, and I just think I just found a love of basketball because I just got to be with my friends all the time. I love playing it, even though sometimes I get stressed, sometimes I get worn out. Sometimes I just don't have the right mindset about myself, but at the end of the day, I just love the sport, and there's just something about it that I know I'm going to miss when I'm not able to be back on the court with my friends.
0: you see basketball as a sport that you'll play as long as you can?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that when I first start college, I'm definitely going to focus on academics, but I hope to still be able to run up and down the court my first few years of college and hopefully get together with some friends and play.
0: Other than sports, you are very involved in high school. Let's let the listeners know of some other things that you do at Fieldcrest.
1: I am student counselor president, and I am the secretary of National Honor Society and I'm also involved in Art Guild and our Renaissance program that we have and Focus, which is about safe driving. I like to be involved in different clubs that kind of get messages out to other students and stuff like that.
0: So, In other words, or what I just heard, you're going to take over the world.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. We'll have to see what the future holds there.
0: <laughs> well, it sounds like you can do it. I mean, you're pretty good at multitasking, obviously.
1: <laughs> I think that for student council president, I have to give a lot of speeches to the school. So I really just think that nobody else likes public speaking. And for me, I can do it. So
0: <laughs> So you're not going to get impeached?
1: Uh, hopefully not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or you might try to be impeached because I don't think there's been a student body president that's ever been impeached before. So you could be the first person impeached and a member of the first regional basketball team.
1: Yeah, you know, I don't, I have a lot of goals. I don't think impeachment's one of them, but I'll keep it in mind. <laughs> My senior year's almost over, so I'm hoping to remain president for the rest of the year. <laughs> I'm
0: sure you will. I'm sure you
1: will.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. So what is it about, you know, being in the student body government and being in the National Honors Society? What is it about those things that made you want to be part of that to say like, hey, I was a part of this in high school?
1: I like being a leader, and I like it on the basketball court, and I like it in school. To get involved in student council and National Honor Society, you have to work hard at school work and be kind to people, and that's something that I like to think that I'm good at as well, and I like to just be able to look back on my high school memories and know that I was involved in stuff, and I had a good high school life, and I didn't just sit at home and do nothing because I want this to be some of the best times in my life and I truly believe that these past four years of high school have been and I'll definitely miss it but I can't wait to see what my future holds at the same time so
0: well speaking of future you just did a great segue for the next question <laughs> <laughs> what are your plans after Fieldcrest
1: I'm not quite sure yet I think I'm either gonna end up going to U of I or ISU those are what I've narrowed it down to I'm not quite sure which one yet, but my mom told me after basketball's over, I have to make a decision, so I'm sure I'll figure it out soon.
0: (laughs) Because your mom's like, hey, I want to know where I'm driving to next year, okay?
1: All right, yeah. Hopefully she visits me every month.
0: Every month? That's a lot.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm being sarcastic. (laughs) Just kidding. I love her.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But it is also very good to see your parents as much as possible. Right. I know I'll miss them. For sure, for sure.
1: <laughs>
0: and I'm going to intertwine a couple podcasts here because I just had a conversation with LaSalle Pru wrestler Peyton Perino. Okay. When we were talking, you know, he was talking about colleges and stuff. And I feel as when you get older and you graduate from a college and stuff, every time that there is a college conversation, you always say your school. So as soon as you said You have ISU, and I'm like, well, what about Southern Illinois?
1: Oh, yeah. I was looking at Southern Illinois for a little bit, but then I changed my mind. My dad went to Southern Illinois.
0: Oh, nice. Well, he's a smart man.
1: He is. He's very smart.
0: (laughs) Did he go to Carbondale or Edwardsville?
1: He went to Carbondale. Same.
0: That's the only real SIU.
1: Yeah, I hear a lot of SIUC people say that.
0: I'm sure your dad does.
1: Yes, he does. He went there just this past year on a college visit, except he forgot to bring me. So he went himself and brought me back a T-shirt. So (laughs) you can tell he definitely misses his college days a little bit.
0: Oh, that is hilarious. (laughs) Your dad just became one of my role models.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: (laughs) What's your dad's name?
1: His name's Dennis Baker. He's in the military.
0: Well, shout out to Dennis Baker. He just made me laugh really hard, and I'm I'm happy for him.
2: <laughs>
0: That's awesome. And hopefully when, you know, you get older, maybe become a mom, and you graduate from college and stuff, you're going to do the same thing to your kids.
1: Yeah, I'm sure I will.
0: It's, again, it's like passing the torch. Right,
1: right. I mean, my mom really wants me to visit her college, too, so I get it from both of them, so I'm sure... That'll be passed
0: on to me too. Where did she go? She went
1: to Monmouth College and she also went
0: to a school in Chicago for physical therapy. Okay. Okay. All good schools. I mean, none are ever going to touch Southern, but they're all good schools. (laughs) Well, Hannah, I appreciate your time and joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast to talk some sports, talk some basketball, talk some future goals, and of course, your college decision—very important stuff ahead of you. But it sounds like you have your stuff put together, and you know what you're going to do.
1: Thank you so much for having me and taking time to talk with me.
0: Definitely, like I said, I had to get a lady night on here. And <laughs> senior leadership, everything else you have going on—perfect one to join the podcast.
1: Thank you so much.
0: It's a Sunday. Sundays are always fantastic, unless you are at the laundromat doing laundry, which unfortunately, I am. However, there's basketball going on, basketball being played, basketball, regionals, sectionals, whether it's boys or girls, going on, finishing, ending, man, it's a great part of the year for me and all sports fans and to share in the awesomeness of postseason basketball i have with me Fieldcrest girls basketball coach mitch neely mitch how's it going today man
2: it is going well man this is a weird weekend for me it's the first one i haven't had a practice or been on film to watch watch huddles since august so uh, it's been a weird one but uh it's been kind of relaxing as well
0: i mean if you want to you can come do laundry with me
2: uh, that's all right. I do have to do mine at some point in time this weekend, but, uh, uh, no, nah, I think I can let you do yours, man.
0: <laughs> all right. All right. I guess if I have to. So you guys just wrapped up the class two, a Wilmington sectional. You fell in the semifinal to Juliet Catholic in overtime. I know it had to be a heartbreaking loss, but you guys had a pretty good season.
2: Oh man. You know, it, it was a heck of a run. I mean, I mean, I would definitely say probably the best season we've had all time here. I mean, we went uh, 25 most wins for a team. Uh, we won the first ever uh, HOIC girls basketball championship back-to-back regional champs, Uh, it just was a lot of fun. And more than that, it just was a good group of girls to have to kind of enjoy this with. You know, I was telling people, we spent 106 days together. And for me, the toughest part was not just the loss, but the fact that we wouldn't get to spend, you know, those afternoons and those nights together. So that, to me, is one of the tougher things than more of the loss because they're just a great group of girls both on and off the floor.
0: The Fieldcrest program started in what, 92?
2: Yes, yep. Yeah, so we've been going for 28 years now.
0: So 28 years and your teams, you win the first ever regional for girls basketball last year. Follow it up with another championship this year. Most wins in the program. First, Heart of Illinois Conference Championship. As a coach, that has to mean a lot to you to be able to say, hey, out of these 28 years of a program, I was the first to do a lot of these things.
2: I think that says a lot about the girls that have been in the program these last five years. I mean, so I'm in my 11th year here at Fieldcrest. The first six, I was an assistant for the boys' basketball team. And uh, I've been the head girls' basketball coach the last five years now. When I took over, there was a lot of change. You know, there was a lot of new things, a lot of new terms. But it took a lot of hard work from those girls, and I can't thank uh, all of those girls who I've had these last five years enough for what they've given to me to buy it into, you into know, my system and to me as a coach. It takes a lot of hard work, and I expect and demand a lot of things from them. But if you want to be successful, those are the type of things that you need to do. And I think that this year especially, I had five seniors, that those are the five uh, it's kind of my first group I've had you know, from summer to end for all four years. They're the winningest group all time here. They went out with a record of 90 and 32 in their four years as, as varsity players. But I think a lot of our success now kind of goes back to you know their first year here to work on the drills that I asked them to do, to learn when they're maybe not on varsity and they're our JV group and trying to learn our plays and learn what we're trying to do. I mean, that's hard on athletes to kind of sit back and just learn. But that group of five did a great job of just trying to take it all in. And then when it was their time, go and show it on the floor. This year, we were so balanced. I mean, I had five girls that averaged between 9.6 and 7.6 points per game. And I had five different girls lead us in points, boards, assists, field goal percentage, and steals. And I think that just says a lot about uh, what we were as a team, really bought into the team system. I think when you have a group that has just a lot of love for the game and a lot of love for each other, Things like this and seasons like this just happen, and that's a testament to their hard work and what they've given me the last four years here. It's been a lot of fun, and I thoroughly enjoy what I do with the girls' basketball team. I'm the defensive coordinator for our boys' football team, and going from that to girls' basketball, I love what I do, and I wouldn't change it. We made it to the semis, so uh, we were 12-1. and 1.
0: So 12-1, and 1, semifinal ride, and then you go... To the basketball season get to the sectional semi so quite a bunch of success going on at Fieldcrest.
2: Yeah man I mean it's been a lot of fun and I've been blessed to have the type of season in both football and girls basketball that I've had for this year. I mean there's a lot of coaches and players that don't get you know seasons like this and to have them both in one tier definitely makes it for a lot of, a lot of fun. Yeah I mean there was about two three weeks uh, where I was doing both the football and girls basketball where i'd have a practice before school and then i'd have one after or back-to-back at nighttime but i love what i do i wouldn't change it for the world
0: it's weird because usually you hear about players that are on the volleyball team that have to wait to get to basketball practice because of postseason runs and things like that but this time around it was the coach
2: Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, a testament to the girls and their parents, too. I mean, I I had some parents that had to bring their kids in at at 6 a.m. before school. Um, I had them, you know, have to be late at night, but um, it it was nice that they could work with me on those things. And I think, you know, as a whole, our district does a great job of supporting each other. They knew at the time, you know, they want to see our football team go as deep as they could, so... We're wanting to sacrifice and to do those things in order to help us, you know, be as successful as we could be.
0: Definitely. You know, we've talked about the five seniors and the players that are around for a while. Let's break them down and let's talk about each one individually and what they were best at on the court.
2: Yeah, so I'll start with Hannah Baker. Last season, she was honorable mention all Conference started for us last year and this year as well. She shot 52% from the field this season and 39% from three and 70% from the line. Her mid-range game was just on point all of the year. She knocked down some big shots. She was a leader. She just has a knack for getting the ball, and she just uh, has been in some big games for us these last few seasons. And she uh, was the captain. I had four of the five were captains, and uh, she just did a great job for us all season. Next one is Zeta Baker. She just is one of the best I've coached at just knowing how to position herself on rebounds. Uh, She is a super smart girl, both on and off of the floor has great foot working around the basket so she did some great things for us and had some big boards and some key games. Nevada Park, uh, one of the best defenders that uh, we've had come through here. One of her best games was our last one of the season um, in that sectional game. They had a D1 player, and uh, through the first three quarters, she held her to three points. And then uh, in the fourth, she kind of got in some foul trouble, and she actually fouled out with about two minutes to go in the fourth quarter, and that's kind of how they made their run. But she has been someone that has not missed a summer date the last, like, three, four years, man. She just comes in each day, and, and she just wants to work, and she's five four. I mean, each game I put her on their best players. It's nice as a coach, you know, from a game planning standpoint to just know, hey, I'm going to put her on her. And I know she's not going to get what her average is because I know she takes so much pride in her defense. So I can't say enough about her. Next is our point guard, Alex Carl's. She started for us for last year as well. Uh, she's one of the most vocal girls on our team. Our best three-point shooter throughout the season. And just, she got after on defense. She was the one that was talking on the floor, one that was talking on the bench. Um, She just did a great job for us, and so those were our four captains, but the fifth one is Ellen Hood, and she's one of those girls that each coach loves to have on their team. Um, She's one that, if you ask her, probably didn't get to play as much as she would have liked to, but in the four years, she played all four years, never complained once. Um, She came to practice each day and gave me her best effort. She's great at track. She's super fast. I can't say enough about her just and what she gave to us and her willingness just to come in and work each day and maybe not get the time that she wanted, but just had a love to be on the team and a love for her teammates. And I think sometimes today, a lot of athletes, we can't say that, about them. I think we're in a day and age where... It's so much about what's best for me or why am I not on the floor and those types of things. And I think that's very unfortunate because um, some roles aren't as big as maybe the other girls on the floor. But you still have to embrace that. And she did a great job with that. I can't thank her enough for what she gave us. She just loved being on this team. No matter if she played a lot or not, she just wanted to be out there. And uh, those are the types of girls that you want on your team that you'll miss
0: definitely and I, I totally agree with what you were saying about athletes these days you know more about themselves than being a team and that's kind of just how our society is in general so it's kind of followed to sports but also you were talking about how these players of yours were doing other things like ellen hood was a state qualifier last year don't see any reason why she want to be a state track qualifier this year uh carl's plays other sports you got softball players and volleyball players on your team uh-huh. As a coach, I mean, I kind of like to ask this question because some differentiate. Do you like the players that are three-sport athletes or do more than just basketball, or the players that specialize and only want to play basketball? Which works better for you as a coach?
2: Oh, no, as a coach, you definitely want your girls to be involved as much as they can be, both on and off the court field, those types of things. I think especially... Uh, smaller towns like us. I mean, if we want to have success in all the different sports that we are a part of, we have to have that. I mean, I think, unfortunately, that girls basketball has taken a hit because of what girls you know, are trying to play just one type of sport. Um, and I think that's something that we as coaches as a whole need to get them more involved with. I mean, um, I think that's going to help them out in all different things. There's been research that's shown, you know, playing just one, there's actually a disadvantage to that. You're more prone to get hurt because you're doing the same type of movements. But I think if you're, you're balanced as, as a player, um, I think that can just help you a lot. More than just that, too, I think. It helps you build your high school experience, you know, being around your friends, you know, playing for your school. I mean, that's what it's all about. Trying to do that as much as you can and being involved with your teammates and classmates who you grew up with and have spent lots of long nights with and blood and sweat and tears, that's what you need to do. So I would highly encourage and I do my own athletes to be involved as much as they can be. But in the same sense, too, you know, I like when I see my girls in the play. I like when I see my girls in band and chorus. I mean, you want your athletes, you want your girls or guys on the team to be as involved as they can be. And I think that's going to help them gain uh, a great experience in high school because you don't want to regret things in life. And I think trying out as much as you can to see what you like and don't like uh, helps you be a better, well-rounded kind of person as well.
0: When you were in high school, played basketball, what other activities and things were you involved in?
2: So I went to school in Carthage, um, and if you go back, I mean, I would say that that Carthage is very well known for their football teams. So I played that, and I played basketball. I played baseball up until high school. There was just a love in that town of just trying to be involved, and uh, I mean, the fans were great. But I truly love being around my classmates and my teammates and trying to build something. Well, so my love growing up was basketball, of course. And our boys' basketball team hadn't won a regional um, since 1975. And my first year there in 2000, we won one for the first time since then. So, I mean, it took a lot of hard work, but, I mean, that was a group of guys that was a bunch of probably more football guys, but, you know, had a good work ethic and want to uh, change something and do something that hadn't been done. A great season, and I think that kind of helped change our culture there to be more than just a, a football team. So, And then that follows you to field
0: Cross where you're a coach and then you're trying to make record-breaking seasons there.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the same type of thing. I mean, you know, as a football coach, you know, first 4 or 5 years here were tough. I mean, obviously we've building a lot here. We've made the semis uh, twice in the last four seasons. I mean, we're doing some good things, but um, that takes a lot of hard work, you know, and that's what I try to preach to our players, too, is, you know, not just in uh, sports, but in life, too. I mean, if you want to be successful at something, it takes work, you know, it takes time during the summer. I mean, instead of going to the beach for a week, you might have to go to the weight room. You have to sacrifice part of your time, but if you want to have the moments and the seasons, you you know, kind of like we had for this year, that's what it takes. And uh, I think too many times kids think that those types of things just come, but they don't see the hard work and the effort it took to get those things. And that's something that we try to preach. And uh, I think our girls and our boys both have definitely bought into that. And uh, because of what they bought into and in their hard work, you know, is why we've had the success like we've had.
0: Or when they're on vacation, they can find an Anytime Fitness or YMCA that they already have a membership yeah, to and, yeah. and hit the weight room.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, just trying to commit yourself in any shape or form that you can to help your team be successful is what it takes. The more kids that you get to buy into that, better your team's going to be.
0: I totally agree with you, sir. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> awesome. You know, kind of back to that senior group and, you know, what they meant, what you guys were able to do the last two years. Unfortunately, they're graduating, so you're not going to have them returning next season. What has this year done for the underclassmen or maybe the juniors watching those players, seeing the kind of success that this team has had? What has that done for them to try to carry that over going forward?
2: I mean, I think they see that group of five, you know, what they did leadership, just, you know, their commitment to the team. And I think that just, you know, when you do that, works its way down to the lower groups. And uh, I think when they saw that, I mean, that's one thing that we talked about, too, in the locker room after our loss. I mean, it's hard for those girls that know that they just played their last game. But I told those girls that would be back for next year, remember how this feels because it hurts. You have to take that with you throughout your summer and your fall and that type of thing and let that drive you and push you to make it as good as you can and to try to do better and get it further. We do return three of our top four scores for next year. The cover is definitely not bare. And we do think we have a good young group of core girls um, that can come back and definitely keep this on the rise. But in the same sense, too, it's all about what they put in the off season, And uh, if they put the time in to work, on dribbling and shooting and weight room work. If they do those things, then we'll be successful. So a lot of that is what they put into during the off season. But I definitely think that we have a group that can continue to keep to keep us at the top of the conference.
0: Definitely. You said you had you know three of your top four scores returning next year. Who are they?
2: So our top scorer this year was ninth grader Ashlyn May. Uh, she actually just advanced in the three point state shootout played big for us all of the year definitely expecting some good things from her for next year too and then we have a sophomore uh, that will be back next year and her name is ella goodrich and is a long girl with size she definitely gets after it i'm definitely excited to see um what she brings for us for next year and one of our seniors for next year will be samantha vasquez she uh, started for us for last year too. She's someone who I have a lot of big things planned for and I think uh, one cool thing about her, her during these summer, she actually signed up to be in the National Guard so she will be gone all summer to uh, be at basic but um, I think that's going to build her up a lot too and uh, I can't thank her enough for what uh, she's going to do in that field as well, so I'm just proud to her. But I think those three girls are are a good core group that we bring back. And Then we got some different girls as well um, that, if they put the time into it during this off season, can definitely play some big minutes for us for next year.
0: I just want to play a family tree. Heard a couple familiar last names here. So we have Hannah Baker and Zeta Baker. Are they sisters?
2: They are actually not related at all.
0: So weird. Two girls with the same last name, Baker, in a little school like Fieldcrest, and they're not related.
2: I've gotten that a lot, but uh, nope, they are not.
0: And then we have Ella Goodrich, and then you had Eddie Goodrich, who I think graduated last year. Are they related?
2: Correct. So they are sisters. There are four sisters, and that's a good group, of girls as a whole. I know their family is very, very close. Um, and I know that her sister last year, she was a leader for us on our team. You know, that definitely showed what her younger sister can do as well. And uh, she saw how much hard work and sacrifice that her sister put into it. And that kind of fueled her to be the type of player that she is now. So, yeah, that's a good group as well.
0: We have talked about, you know, the football team. And you were assistant for, you know, Matt Winkler and the boys program at Fieldcrest and now you are coaching the girls program. What is the difference between coaching boys and coaching girls? I mean, they can't all be the same.
2: Yeah, I mean, a lot of people ask me that. I mean, I tell them I expect the same things from my players if you're a male or female. I mean, I expect the same things from you both on and off the court and field. I think that people... May think that being a boys and girls coach, I mean, that might be difficult. But I actually enjoy it a lot because it gives me a chance to work with both the boys and girls in our district, and it gives me a chance to kind of branch out there more and to try to impact more lives. Um, but I think as a coach, I mean, your your main goal and what I try to do, if we're doing our job right, is to reach the hearts of these players if we can get them to believe in themselves and believe in their teammates i think that takes you a long long way so i think as a coach you're going to coach each player and you should in a different sense because you have to find what pushes them in different ways and what's the best way to fuel them and i think that some players take things way better than others. But I think as a coach, if we're doing our job right, you have to find those different ways to get the most out of them. So, yeah, there is a difference in in maybe how you do that from coaching a male or a female. But I think as a coach as a whole, you need to change that with each player. And uh, if we can do that and if we can get them to – buy into themselves and them to buy into the team that's when we're doing our job as coaches and that's what our main goal is is to uh, make them the best that they can be both on and off the court and field and uh, when we do those things you know we create good players uh, not just now but with them and to take with them throughout their lives.
0: Through the years of speaking with you, whether it's at a football game, a basketball game, maybe a text message, uh, you know, talking for stories. We've had a lot of interaction with each other over the last five, six, seven, eight years. Man, it's been that long, Mitch. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, man. Makes me feel old now. <laughs> me too. <laughs> so, you know... With being able to watch you and talk to you and, you know, watch you coach, listen to you speak, things like that, whether it's to me or players, if there's one thing, when people ask me about Mitch Neely, the first thing I say is he's dedicated. Dedicated as a coach and somebody for them as people. So I just want to let you know that, to me, a great coach and, you know, a role model for these young kids growing up.
2: Well, I appreciate that. And I think a lot of that for me, came from when I grew up. My grandpa uh, was that type of guy for me. When I grew up, he was the one that would go to his house and he'd you know, help put me through drills. And he helped me be the man that I am both on and off the field throughout my life. And it was nice uh, for me to be a block away from him. This past year has been hard because uh, he and his wife both passed away this past year. It was tough at times. But uh, what I do and the passion that I have is a direct reflection of him. If I can pass that on to what he gave me to these kids um, and just help them be the best that they can be, and that's what you do it for. Our regional championship game was on Valentine's Day, and that was the day that they got married. And uh, I was on the bus ride there. I reached in my jacket and um, in that was both of their obituaries from uh, when they passed and uh, it was kind of sentimental for me. We way there to kind of just know, though they're not here, they were there to watch the game and so it was cool um, to win that on that date for them and to uh, know that they had you know, such an impact on my life and the fact that I can do this each day for these kids and to be able to try to make an impact on their life is why you do it i love what i do i love these kids and uh i'm just blessed to be able to do it each day i wouldn't change it for the world
0: that is truly awesome like that <laughs> wow the coincidence of the the days that the game is played and they, they got yeah. wow that is that's yeah. awesome and Wow. <laughs> I don't know what else to say to that. It's just wow.
2: When you have people like that in your life that make that type of impact, those are the types of things that definitely hit you. And so I hope that some point, I mean, the players that I coach and the kids that I teach, you know, maybe they have um, those same feelings um but uh i definitely love it each day and uh it's difficult now when i don't coach right now to try to take some time off but uh i need to kind of do so to kind of refuel myself but i know once the summer hits uh we'll be hitting it hard to try to try to get both the football team and girls basketball team prepared for next year as best we can and
0: i sure you guys will field cross sports has been doing well the last few years well we'll do our best and
2: i appreciate that man definitely.
0: Well, coach Mitch Neely, thank you for joining us, sharing all kinds of stuff about field crest, your personal life, rest in peace to your grandfather and his wife. Thank you again for joining us. Really appreciate that.
2: Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me on. And uh, I mean, I just can't say enough for the appreciation that I have for for you and what you do uh, for our athletes and for our teams. Um, we appreciate the coverage and it means a lot for you to kind of share the word um, through, through your podcast and all those things. It's been great, man.